What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is July 2nd, 2022. It is hot as fuck in New York City. Uh, I'm sweating and I'm glad I'm in air conditioning right now. But uh, today's episode, guys, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, please give me those subscribers. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers by the end of the year. And you can make that happen. Also, today's episode is uh, sponsored by West Indian Food, a cuisine that I didn't know I would love so much before I moved to New York City. You got to get it. You got to get those doubles. You got to get those rotis. All right. It's all delicious. And guys, joining me today, we have uh, <laughs> we have Keanu Reeves lookalike, Adam Driver lookalike, <laughs> and comedian Sean O'Connor. You know, it's so sad. Is like I've been like paid more for impersonating such people before, like actually, than like probably the <laughs> sum of money I've ever made from stand-up. Are you serious? Yeah, I've I've been Keanu for a birthday party. I've been <laughs> Tom Cruise for a birthday party. You did Tom Cruise? I did Tom Cruise one time. That was weird because i don't actually look very much like it, it was just yeah. like smiling really hard and to be like yeah you know i mean what, what the craziest thing about movies is they're real in the moment you know like that's like all you, i could really do for tom jesus know? well yeah. we're not here to talk about you looking like celebrities no we're here to talk about your comedy career how long have you been in stand-up comedy uh i've done a very stupid silly thing where uh technically i started when i was like 18 but i was very like on and off i kind of this happened mm -hmm. to me a lot of people at the college I went to at uh, Emerson College where so basically I joined this like sketch troupe, which was like right. somehow at this college, like a bigger deal than like getting on to like a sports team or something mm -hmm. like it was like like we didn't have to like promote our shows like our shows were packed out every time and mm -hmm. we like barely post about it on like Facebook, you know, it was just yeah, like yeah. part of the culture of the school, which is really cool. And then for like an initiation. Um, for joining the sketch troupe they made me do stand up and they told me like a half an hour before so it was just kind of like i was just actually i'd already had something like in my phone notes i guess mm -hmm. sort of like thinking about it of course they were not very good but yeah. I, I, it was like my <laughs> little treasure box of like bits or something i like the idea of uh college kids making other college kids do stand up it's yeah. amazing it's just like children being like do a joke uh, now yeah, yeah pretty much <laughs> it's so funny because like sketch comedy is like so different like yeah, <laughs> the, the, the skills do not really <laughs> translate at all besides just talking on stage yeah but uh that was like the first like like you know, I'd like thought about it. I'd like, you know, like I, I was like a fan before, mm. you know, like on Netflix and stuff. And, Who are your big ones? Who are your uh, Stewie, <laughs> <laughs> Lee K. Uh, no, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I really yeah. liked the show Louis at the time. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the problem that uh, a lot of people our age have is we all got into Louis C.K. like high school, college, and we're like, yeah. he's the best. And then we grew up, and now it's like, I he was he was the best. I mean, that show <laughs> they keep back. trying to like yeah. make versions of that show with different standups, and it's just not as good at all objectively speaking this yeah. is how we kick it off right <laughs> what's it gonna be like hearing two white male uh, <laughs> comics talking about this like well the show was awesome yeah right <laughs> but um yeah that and then i also had this like free year of hbo with like some cable package my mom got yeah. i got really into the ricky gervais show which was just a animated mm. version of his podcast okay gotcha. so then i started kind of getting into like the behind the scenes part of it I was a huge Chappelle stan since I was like 12. Mm -hmm. um, Cat Williams is still... Cat Williams has actually been like my most like maybe consistent favorite of all time. Have you ever heard his, uh, his like takes on like the coverage of the Middle East like no. conflicts? It's like actually so genius. Yeah. He's like, they don't say they like kill like a, like a family of four 
and like you know like a wife and a man they say we today we took down 16 insurgents you know people on the couch is like i've never met one insurgent in my life <laughs> like he's a genius uh i gotta watch more of him i've only seen clips yeah but. he's awesome i mean he got like beat up by like a 12 year old recently and it has not stayed his legacy one bit that's a that's a real like and it's on camera too oh my god he just he just pops up at like a playground out of nowhere he's like what are you talking about little boy and then just gets like slumped and then just gets knocked out and i don't think any i'm probably the first person to even mention this in like a year because oh his legacy is so rock solid <laughs> untarnished that's yeah, amazing that wasn't even a scandal so you're like you're like watching a lot of stand-up in high school early yeah. college you get to get sketch group they make you do stand-up they make me do stand-up do they so, how does it go it goes like all right actually like okay. um definitely some like obvious like sort of missteps where like i was like clearly kind of just like doing an impression of yeah. like a comic or something now that we're talking about this maybe maybe i <laughs> maybe i'm stuck in sort of a, a prison a little glass box of parody still to this day <laughs> maybe maybe i have no idea who i am Dude, but i keep just your first special should be called glass box of parody <laughs> <laughs> i had one idea for a hypothetical special that was just called social spy because as a as a gemini gemini pride month is mm. over but um I, I do feel like I really um, Gemini season is over, not Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you and I was doing it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like I, I do kind of chameleon to like whoever I'm like talking to mm. or like whoever, and that that has given me quite identity crises in the past. Yeah. So it kind of happens with performing too, in in a sense. But yeah, so I perform uh, stand up. It goes pretty good actually when I'm actually just being myself and, right. and just doing what I think is funny. I think I had a pretty good Nantucket nectar cap bit that that went over pretty well. What the hell is? That? So Nantucket, do you know what a Nantucket nectar is? No. Okay, so it's like a Snapple can, but like for New England, I guess. Okay, gotcha. It's it's a little better. It's like I would say it's a better juice. And but you know, Snapple caps have like a fact. Yeah. Like about like anything, it's like you know, Octopi have two hearts or whatever. Yeah. Um. Damn, I'm I'm hitting the plurals pretty good today. <laughs> you, hear, you hear that one before? <laughs> but uh, VCs, VCs, and octopi. I think Octopuses is, I said, is yeah. the correct plural. Is it actually? Yeah. Whoa, I jinxed myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's octopuses. Yeah. Wow. It's just one of those things. Like English is like everything's an exception, so it just you wouldn't think it, it is. It truly octopi, a stupid language. Octopi yeah. sounds like it would be real, like cacti. Yeah. Cactus. It's not cactuses. Cacti. No, it's cacti. Yeah, it's cacti. Yeah. Cacti is cool, though. I, that like, is a, I like how that sounds. That's a good one. It's a nice sharp word. But I'm betrayed about octopi, man. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. This is when I found out Pluto wasn't a planet anymore. <laughs> I hate this. There's still, there's still octopi in my heart. Pluto is still a and planet And you're never going to guess what Louis C.K. did. <laughs> <laughs> Break the news in the pod. Break the news. Uh, so you're, you're doing stand-up. Yeah. So when you're, when they, when you're doing this like sketch group adjacent stand-up comedy in college yeah. how often are you performing so for that i i kind of had a weird thing oh where... wait i'm so sorry back what? up what's the snap oh uh, yeah the really on, the yeah. really good joke yeah we can't skip over that it's um so yeah snapple has like very like general like fun yeah, facts yeah. they're pretty fun right and Nantucket, it was like only facts about Nantucket, which oh, is like really? a tiny island that has like <laughs> yeah. barely any fucking history. Mm -hmm. So the joke was just like, who the fuck cares about <laughs> Nantucket facts? Like, why would they even put this here? Uh, you could tell they're out of facts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I've seen the same one like three times about the whaling museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was just, yeah. It was a weirdly specific uh, Nantucket culture thing coming mm. from the West. Sure. Is, you know, salmon colored shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People out in New England call that Nantucket red. They don't call mm -hmm. it salmon. 
salmon. And I'm like, I'm familiar. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, weird, weird little detail there. Um, anyway, uh, you're performing stand up. How often do you? I was going to try to riff off that. The only thing I could think of was just such a disgusting <laughs> <What>? <laughs> way to jump to it. I don't know, Mike. Her pussy was Nantucket no, Red. <laughs> no. This is not that kind of podcast. I know. I'm so sorry. I don't know what happens to me. Once the drapes go down, once the... <laughs> once those mics switch on. Once the mics switch on, it's just, yeah. So you're, how often do you perform stand-up at this time? At this time, definitely like every like two weeks at most, but probably not that. In, okay. Um, kind of sporadic college open mic And style? only at the college open right. mic. Uh, never, ever outside the Emerson uh, dorm uh, walls for quite some time. Mm. Um until I think when I was 19 or 20, um, I got not invited back to working at this summer camp I really like to work at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just really fucking bored in Rhode Island. And then I just, I called up this place where I, I just opened for uh, Jessica, actually. I called up this place. I cold called a comedy club called The Comedy Connection, which mm-hmm. is in East Providence, Rhode Island. And I was like, I would like to perform, please. <laughs> and they were like, okay. Well, and I, I think I made up a bunch of like Boston credits. I think I just lied. Oh my god. And then uh, they were like, oh, great. Um, like we have this thing called like a Sunday showcase, which was just a bringer, but I didn't know what a bringer was mm. at the time. Um, and, and I had called on Sunday, and they were like, so you could do that tonight. You just got to like bring like at least five people, or you can't perform. Mm. And this is like early May. Like Emerson got out of school really early, so like a lot of like my friends were like still in college, mm. and, like weren't home. So I was like just on like Facebook Messenger asking just absolute like third tier randos <laughs> if they could come to this show. <laughs> was not having much luck. I'm like drinking like vodka that like my like dad's like girlfriend had in like this like freezer forever and like filling it back up with water and just like pouring it into, i was like a wreck i was just like <laughs> making way too strong like screwdrivers and just like drinking them and just like messaging just absolute random people that happened to be in, that maybe were in the state of rhode island and then i finally get to my friend ben who is like a, a camp friend and uh i i call him and i'm like dude like is there I like because he lives in like a southern part of the state and rhode island's very like silly about like like a 30 minute drive to rhode islanders is like an hour and a half to anyone living like anywhere else yeah, you know yeah. just relative to the <laughs> state size right i was just like dude you know i get i'm like drunk and shit i was like i was like dude so like anyway you could like come like maybe a few friends maybe a few friends to this like thing and he was like well you know it's actually my friend's birthday but i think you met him at a party one time i mean i can ask him and i was just like okay cool i didn't think it would happen Mm -hmm. at all he brings like 15 people through it like makes (laughs) the show it like goes really well nice and then i also get like a certain amount of money per person that came for me whoa so my first time performing stand-up at a club i made like 150 dollars holy shit and i was just like oh dude this i don't need a job ever this actually kind of ruined any kind of normal career aspirations i had for a long time because i was like that could just i could just do that like that's plenty of money for me (laughs) i could just like that's that this is my life now that's like so i would do that every like month or so while i was at college damn. starting my like junior year well, but usually it was just like five it was like five of my same friends okay. who got very sick of it over time right well yeah. how much was the bringer was it like a ticket to drink type or was it like- uh the ticket itself i think was 10 bucks okay so it wasn't too bad yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't crazy that's and, not bad that's crazy though that they also paid you like and you yeah i think you get like five bucks per person that mm. comes. yeah so you're you're doing this like you said once a month doing it once a month how so how are you doing like in in terms of comedy are you 
Are you doing fairly okay for where you're at? Or? I started off like really fucking hot, actually. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like I, I just had like a lot of energy. Mm. It was like nice to see, like, because it was like a lot of like had lived there too long, like kind of depressing old stand ups. And then yeah. I was like a young, kind of cute kid. And I would just come with like a lot of energy. So at first it went really well, but then I stopped like going to mics and I stopped like working on the craft as much. And I was just distracted by like college or like parties or even like these sketch shows that were like kind of more mm-hmm. important to me at the time. So I kind of just did that until like I like sort of burned out myself. You right, know? Right. I was just like, I, I was just doing the same jokes. It was like the same people that were coming. They had like heard the jokes before. It wasn't really anything. I started kind of like, not like full on turning on the audience, but I started just doing like very like unseasoned crowd work. That was, yeah. really I think I like <laughs> ate a fry off a guy's like table one time. That's fine. And like the host immediately was just like, I'm so sorry about him. And I was just like, maybe this is a, I should check my, this is like, this is where <laughs> sort of the, sh- the, the first leg of stand up Sean heat check. And then I don't think I performed much my, when I was like 20, one i performed in chicago a little bit i lived there for the summer but again that was just kind of for a while it was just like out of boredom if i was just in a place yeah that like i didn't really have anything going on i was like well i can't really perform sketch here uh i don't really have like the resources yet to like perform or i was like starting to perform improv right. when i was like 21 i was like i i know what mics are like i can hit mics uh so you're just kind of like this is like kind of sporadic kind of go with the flow not yeah. like not like I'm gonna do this as often as I can. No, to make it. no, yeah. no benchmarks, right. no plan. <laughs> and then, yeah, when I was like around when I was 21 um, in uh, Boston, I would go like very like. Then it became even more infrequent, just like a mic every like six weeks or something. Okay. No one knew who I was. They were like very just raw jokes that I was just like, why aren't they working? And, you know, like <laughs> so Boston's you, like very. Did uh, you move to Boston after graduating then? Yeah, so I just I stayed. I was I okay. was in I was in Boston when I graduated oh, from right, Emerson right, College. Oh, right, 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 yeah. And I just like stayed there for like Wait, four years. Wait, Boston's thirty that. minutes from Rhode Island. Uh, no, not quite. It's like a Wait. hour or so. Oh wait, yeah, no, I mixed up. Okay, because you were in, you were doing the bringer in East Providence. I was doing yeah, exactly. I was going to Providence, oh, or okay. I was going to this very cursed, uh, uh fucking pub in uh, in Cranston, Rhode Island, <laughs> which I I deemed in a very uh, denial based. Uh, sort of mentality myself I was just like because I was like the only place I was getting like any kind of stage yeah. time so I went from like kind of like being sort of a college like star I guess to like sort of nothing and I was just like well to me like Cranston is the new Hollywood you know? <laughs> like, all my friends are like moving to LA and moving to New York I didn't really I, I, like think I had like the money to do that I mm. soon find out that living broke in New York is actually pretty easy but yeah I guess I was having some kind of like classic New England like I was like gatekeeping like just the concept of moving for a long time. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it's only like rich kids that can move to New York. You know, I was like, I was like, that's, that's some bullshit, man. I'm like working at a restaurant and I'm doing, I'm doing the real work over yeah, here. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, it is really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Just, but, just like upfront. Yeah, but I mean, my first apartment in Brooklyn was like cheaper than my last one in Boston. Nice by like a hundred bucks or something. It's, okay. it's possible. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's a huge place. For me, it was yeah. like the uh, the expensive. Like for me, I came from Denver, so I'm yeah. Big, big journey with the U-Haul, but also like, what, the, what's uh, rent like in Denver? Is it all right? It's it's, it's like college kids, right? It, so it's getting worse. Yeah, it's like because yeah. it, it's uh, it's like a non-entertainment focused hotspot because it's like outdoor recreation. Right, right. So like everyone moves there. Like when I got out of college, I was paying nine fifty for a decent room in a two bedroom condo, essentially. You yeah, know? I was but, doing like eight fifty in Boston when I. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's like that's two bedrooms. That's not three. Where that would be like a three bedroom. I, I used to say that like. Den- like 
Denver area is like the same price as New York City. You just have one less roommate, basically. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. it's also just a bigger place. Yeah. Uh, or one, More or like a less condensed place. Yeah, but you yeah. also have to like own a car and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but like Watch out here, same. like moving in my first apartment here with my like roommates I linked up with was like, oh, we have to do first month, last month. And the deposit, we have to pay like nine thousand dollars just yeah. to get in a place. Boston was like that too. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, ridiculous. Yeah, like three grand ready to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're in Boston. You're chilling. After you you refuse to move. I you're a holdout. You're a hermit. You're in dive bars. You're working restaurants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's completely accurate. Yeah, you're crawling on your pubs. knuckles yeah. around Boston. It's <laughs> <laughs> like it's like so funny to like think about like how like. I don't know. I hear a lot of like comics. I even hear like Marin do it sometimes. Just like I was, I was fucking, I was unstoppable. I was like the drunk. I was like so drunk, and I was like, fuck, blah, blah. it was like so like on glare. I was like two hundred and thirty pounds. I was like, Whoa. I was like just like laying in my bed all day at like age like twenty three. I was just like, let me follow up on on the Naruto series, and I watched <laughs> like six episodes of Naruto a day while I was just like hung over until like six p.m. Oh and then God. I would like leave the house and stuff. It <laughs> was bleak, brother. <laughs> so during that time, you you said you're doing stand up like once every six weeks you're like yeah and then like around 21 22 i just like kind of flat out stopped yeah i was just like the boston scene is like very unpleasant to me i'm kind of over this i stopped i have like maybe the most like depressing like eight months of my life where like i'm like working at this like really busy restaurant where like they i kind of like i was like i was like a barista at this like kind of like like sort of organic chain restaurant Mm. i'll say the name of it it was this restaurant (laughs) called dig in and uh, at first, there was, like, this whole, like, coffee station, and there were, like, a bunch of employees that worked yeah. in the coffee station, and, like, I had, like, a pretty, like, normal schedule. And then because, like, it was, like, a new chain that kind of, tr- like, treated itself like a startup, right. they just one day just fired all the other baristas, and I was <laughs> the only one who was working there. And if I wasn't there, like, the machines would get, like, all fucked up. It would be, like, like kitchen nightmare type shit when oh I like, came into work at, like, 4.30 in the morning. I could like, couldn't stay up past, like, 8 p.m. That was probably a big reason why I stopped doing stand-up, too. Mm. I remember, like, falling asleep at Mike's and stuff because I was just on the worst sleep schedule possible. I will say, though, uh, some of those mics, real cozy, real easy to fall yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shout out Jed's basement. That was a nice little <laughs> Alston fucking crust punk basement that had just random furniture from the street. That I found a little lounge chair and I was like, let me just give it 20. Um, so then then I stopped uh, like, yeah, full out and I wasn't performing at all. My like, color kind of faded out of my life. And then I was actually like kind of like perfectly then my mind was perfectly moldable to join a different kind of comedy cult, which was improv comedy. Mm, the depression cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start working <laughs> as a usher at this uh, improv uh, theater in Boston called Improv Asylum. Because if you, mm-hmm. yeah, real cult shit, if you work there, then like the classes are half off. Right. And the right. classes are always pretty expensive. But that was manageable. Like on like it was like a hundred bucks a class or something <laughs> if you also worked there. Yeah, it's not bad at all. So yeah, then I started doing that and that felt like more and like that, like that was like catching fire really fast. Right. I was like crushing really, really fast that from the sketch comedy background, I assume. And then I was just like, Oh, this is more my thing. I'm more mm-hmm. like comedic actor kind of a thing. So then did that like really hard for three years and then kind of petered out there for three a, years of improv. A variety of reasons. And then like it was just like house teams like you had to audition every like three months right, and right. you also had to like pay a due to like pay the coaches like salary i yeah. guess which is also fucked up um and then in the last run it just happened to like 
with the dates I was moving, it didn't make sense to do the last one because then I couldn't like finish out the run. Right. So I like, and there were a bunch of my friends that were moving other places, like a lot of people moving to LA as well. So they, uh, so we all kind of just like retired on the same night. Mm. And then in those last three months, I was just like, you know what? After all this kind of improv bullshit that's actually annoyed me a lot, <laughs> I actually missed the bleakness of stand up, yeah. even Boston stand up. So I was like, let me just make this like my one priority. I had this like remote bullshit marketing job that I was like kind of lying about my hours anyway. So I was like, let me just, I was like, literally, let me like just do stand up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just like it's broke it up with my girlfriend at the time too. So I was like, let me just do that. So the last like four months was like kind of like my getting the training wheels back into like mm. doing mics and doing jokes and stuff. I do want to point felt, out listeners, this yeah. is another comedian who had a breakup before hitting the grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, a certain podcast told me that I would be on fire right afterwards. That was not really what happened. <laughs> I will say. So it, I, it's th- kind of funny though, because you, yeah. you, you join improv because improv is as like a comedic form is like a very joyful and free thing. That's like easy going. That kind of but though. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, here's the art that's fun. And then here's the pyramid scheme behind it. And yeah. that's like the bummer. Once you get into that pyramid, it's like, ah, you know, I mean, that's why the UCB bubble popped. It was yep. literally run like a Ponzi scheme. And yep. then they refused to like, uh, like hire, like even like an accountant for the longest time. Yep. I, I interned with them when I was in <laughs> Los Angeles, but I actually had a really cool job. Yeah. I don't know if we want to segue to the script stuff, but um, I, I, I interned in like the development department. So I was like reading mm. scripts that like NBC had this like first look kind of thing. Mm. So they wanted to take like raw projects from UCB performers that were also really good writers and then just like streamline them into trying to like make them a TV show. No, that's cool. So that's fun. But while I was there, I did see, I like, People were like surprised that that whole like Hell's Kitchen thing happened. Mm. I knew in 2015, I'm like, they're out of money. <laughs> I was like, this, is, this place is being run in oh a crazy God. way. But look, it's the cast of Veep in the hallway. I yeah, guess that's right? cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, okay. So you're kind of, we wind down this like three years of improv, which you're hitting hard. Hitting hard. Yeah, Break up. Like two, like two nights a week doing improv. Uh, and then you start hitting stand up back in boston for real doing it for real do it for like three months or so just to like prepare myself for hitting it hard in new york so what was the new york idea when did you want to move and why did you want to move uh so the 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 breakup was definitely a catalyst there of like that was like kind of keeping me in boston probably not in like the fairest way (laughs) but Mm. i was just like i kind of like I, i i felt like i'd kind of like before I left Boston, I remember thinking, I was like, I think I've seen, like, almost, like, thinking about, like, like Skyrim or something. I think I was like, I've seen, like, every character model <laughs> of Boston, Massachusetts. And I don't just mean, like, Gronk jerseys. I mean, yeah. like, every, I like I feel like I had, like, seen, like, every inch of the place. Yeah. And it kind of, like, yeah, it just, it was just static. It just, like, petered out. I obviously had these, like, entertainment kind of dreams. So once the breakup happened, and it didn't happen for that reason, like, per se, but once that happened, uh, a really good friend of mine, who uh, had been living in Brooklyn for a while, and like we'd like we like, we would like talk on the phone like all the time and stuff, and he would like tell me that like like Brooklyn was like super like fun and stuff. He I, like we so we had these like kind of like monthly like cute little friend mm-hmm. phone calls, uh, and eventually he was just like, I mean, I think we have a room opening up, man, and I was just like, you know, some of those moments you don't like really realize how you feel until like the ball is like passed to you, and I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. And like, and that was like, that was like five months before I moved. So once I had made that decision, then it was kind of like, 
okay, but I'd like to do stand up, and like, oh, doing stand up in New York seems so cool. And then yeah. I was just like, all right, let me remember how to do stand up. I'm like watching like, old clips of myself, like from <laughs> college and stuff. I was like, what is my voice? Back to the yep. back to the plastic or like the glass box of of parody. <laughs> I started parodying myself. Oh, I'd say the voice is all is hard for most people though. Yeah, so, and it takes a long time. Yeah. I realize. Yeah, I struggle with it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, like when I was kind of playing out how this podcast would would go in my head, uh, both like three weeks ago or whatever that yeah. was, I guess more like five weeks ago, uh, and like the last like two days, I was like, I, I was really looking forward to like getting real like intro and actually is, is extrospective a word? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> intro and extrospective about like about like getting into that because I realized like one thing like I think of as like a audience member in like mics or at shows mm. is like I, I kind of have like I can't stop like kind of thinking of like quick fixes for jokes like for that person yeah and I yeah. kind of have just realized that people must be doing that for me and I've like never asked I've like asked like two people like what do you think of that joke or should I have hit that or sometimes like before I'll be like well, you think I should do this this or this or this this or this but like I've never actually like ever had like another stand-up be like I'd be like give me like honest feedback on like the whole thing which I think is like say, so important because you have good resources. I mean, sometimes people are wrong, but yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think your jokes are really good, and you oh. actually clearly like write them out. Oh. <laughs> Which is, but it's like the thing is, like you are also uh, high enough energy, uh-huh. and you also kind of believe in them enough that, like, even like even if there's like a, a punch that doesn't hit, yeah, it doesn't feel like it doesn't hit because you kind of are still like maintaining energy. Like if yeah. you were someone, if you were someone who drop the ball like you have a joke there's a good laugh or something and then you have like a blank moment where you're like not sure or like yeah, you yeah. lose them or if you're not addressing the crowd like yeah there's always like pieces that people miss yeah but only in like like certain situations it comes out more than others i think but yeah i would say like you're pretty solid like I, <laughs> i've never watched one of your sets and yeah. felt like I have to leave the room and I've definitely seen, I mean, I've seen a lot of sets where I'm like, I can't, I literally have to like put my head down and cover my ears because yeah. I'm embarrassed. But yeah. Yeah. Like embarrassed to be here. Not, no, <laughs> but yeah. you're not like, I don't know. So like for you, I'd say like your voice is pretty solid, mm. but also that's because I feel like your voice is very, uh, very character in itself. Yeah. And it's like very like, yeah, you're just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's good <laughs> it's good <laughs> you heard it here first folks um but actually more what i've been thinking about like more so than like i, I realize i kind of like framed it in a misleading way maybe um isn't like so much like where's like the energy go how does like the flow go and i'm i'm, I'm very relieved to hear that mm. actually because like sometimes yeah <clears throat> well i was like have you ever seen the jinx no he like starts like burping when he starts telling the truth. He's like a serial killer. <laughs> 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 it happens to me in therapy sometimes. Actually, I said, oh I, that God. wasn't a burp. That was a cough. You know, so like, <laughs> 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 what I feel about my performance is, <laughs> but um, I I've actually been realizing that like, like, what one is very relieving to hear that like you think because you're, you're someone i respect that you think i'm like solid that's huge yeah right here first yeah someone, someone i respect you <laughs> so you can watch it later tonight maxim allen i respect you <laughs> i'm not your dad but i'm damn near close um but that's uh that's very nice to hear thank you yeah cause... like because i always like go for solid because i i was i have such 
intense ADD that I'm always like relieved that I can even do something to the same quality like twice in a row. Mm. Like I like like I mean this is different, but like when I'm just like doodling or something, I like can't like draw the same line twice. Right, like it's right. like it's really crazy. So the fact that I can even do anything at a consistent <laughs> level is always like kind of a shock to me. So that's awesome to hear. But I think actually what I kind of need to rely on my peers more for is I'm not always sure how I like come across. And it's really like hard to like 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 see like maybe I should just like do the whole like phone fucking film every set kind of thing for a little bit. Because I don't know, in like my own bubble, mm -hmm. I think sometimes I'm like, yeah, duh, I'm like a nerdy guy too. And like a lot of, exactly, exactly, people don't like yeah. view me as a nerdy guy, which is like totally fine. Mm -hmm. But then like sometimes I feel like maybe I'm like kind of annoyed. I kind of feel there's this like sort of like, um, not even bitterness, but like sort of like a, like a resistance to like, they're like, oh, this guy's doing this. Fuck that, you know. Oh, okay. I, I definitely feel that sometimes. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. You don't come across as a nerdy guy at all. Zero <laughs> yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, not. I've, I've been thinking about this. I, I talked about this yesterday, my <laughs> mic. Of course, it bombed. But I, I got to figure out some real. I got to figure a real punchline for this. But it's like. I think people assume that I'm more of an anime fan than I actually am. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, the, it's driving me crazy. The mic in the backyard with yeah. the Gundam <laughs> fucking displayed. I like, I have, <laughs> I ha I really love. So like, we a have opposite anime. problems. We can help each yeah. other. This and is perfect. Yeah. Dude, it's like, I every time I do a roast battle now, I'm like, dude, I'm the most roastable person in the universe because everyone's been in my apartment and they're like, dude, this guy's a fucking nerd. Also, Colorado is not a nerdy place either. It's definitely I'm, not. You're an outdoor. Are you an outdoors kind of guy? Yeah, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like I'm. I'm like 50 50. The problem with like when I was living in Boulder, yeah. I think I'm a Boulder five. Boulder six. Okay? You're more Patagonia than Pokemon. Well, well, it's like a little bit of both. But th that's the problem. Is like back when I was in Boulder and I was like single, I was like, man, you got Pikachu in the Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem was, I was like, the dudes I'm competing with are like 32, love craft beer, have beards, Toyota Tacoma, two dogs, and their own place. And that's like the Colorado guy. Yes. Backpacks I'm every aware. weekend yes. skiing. Yes. So there's like, like when you're like someone who's like, yeah, I like, I like my nerdy shit too, but I also like going outside. It's kind of like this weird balance where no one. People who want nerds or want outdoors people don't project the qualities of the other. They don't like seek that out. Be like, yeah. I want someone multifaceted. No one says that. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and I, I feel like yeah. I actually am pretty multifaceted, but sometimes that's a problem. Or like it takes longer to get to the stand up jokes where you like have like a very bold thesis. Yeah. Because I mean, I guess like I've been talking about this whole time. I'm not quite sure. You know, <laughs> I, I'm probably like a third theater kid, like a third sports guy, and a third like. Just straight up fucking weeb slash yeah. like movie buff nerd. Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, a lot of your jokes, I, I honestly think of your jokes as like, there's a lot of like, what's nice is there's a lot of personal pers perspective. You have a lot of opinion, but that opinion is always silly. <laughs> so it's like, but that's like comedy. It's comedy. It's like a okay, maybe go a little. So it's like, like a huge problem for me when I first started. Like yeah. All my jokes were like, cause I mean, I, it was just kind of Twitter brain. Uh, they were very like pop culture heavy for a while and people would tell me that all the time they're like dude like they're funny but like i have no idea who you are and i was like yeah uh-oh yeah. <laughs> <Ruh -ruh. laughs> honestly i love like 
this is this is a problem because I I'm sure you're the same. Just yeah. the I love that chronically online pop culture insane comedy, but it's <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes it's such a it's such a narrow thing where it's like oh you have to really know what's going on to get this joke. It's like the audience is gonna hate this. Dude, like, I had a really good Will Smith joke that I was very proud of, like writing within like hours of it happening, mm. and it had a shelf life of 1.5 weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's also part of the yeah. problem. Like how long can you actually do it? It's it's good though. I think it's like good practice to do that stuff because yes i mean that, you, that's like writer's rooms that's like yeah, yeah that's you, the next that's like getting paid exactly. to write jokes. it's shit, like every yeah. time you do like whenever i do a show and something happens that last week that i have a throwaway joke for i'm like perfect this is the show where i'm gonna do it it's gonna kill and i'm never gonna do it again yeah so it doesn't have to happen you know yeah it's a lot of pressure too it's like i get the wording perfect like this this oh. mic and it's this show and that's it you know mm. like and then, and then I'm, it's a uh, I'm a, i throw the wording out the window i'm not a wording guy at all You're not a wording guy as long as the funniest word is last that's wording to me interesting <laughs> <laughs> you're you're more of a vibes guy than i yeah. thought yeah because i've noticed a lot of my jokes lately are longer yeah and like more kind of narrative and it's yeah. like all i have to do is convey what's happening and then the emotion and that is what makes it funny it doesn't matter exactly where the details are so much and that's i i'm glad you you talked about like short jokes versus long jokes too because i had an interesting experience uh opening for jessica kirsten where you know as like people that are kind of like mainly like bar show or micer kind of guys like you know it's really annoying like like my first i, I hadn't done stand-up for a month um because i was in california helping out my girlfriend's mom renovate this house uh, I hadn't done stand up in a while, and then I did Anne Hathaway's, which was three minutes. Mm. Sorry, no shade to the wobbly ladder, Mike. It's all good. I, just, I I think I had to be inside for my first one back. <laughs> I thought about it, you know, I was like almost late, and I was yep. like, oh, I could just go wobbly ladder, and I was just like, I don't know, I just I kind of just need to be like on a stage to well, reacclimate myself. It was a killer, Mike. It was also <laughs> very hot. <laughs> yeah, I also I did consider that as well. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was like, damn, like three like three minutes is no time at all. It's like almost unhelpful. Yeah, but um, but yeah, we you know as like micers or as like people who are doing like mostly these smaller shows like we do kind of fantasize about having like the longer sets yeah but for jessica she told me like <laughs> like two days before she's like you're cool doing 20 right and then of course me who's been fantasizing about doing longer sets i was like for sure uh and then <laughs> there were four shows in total the very first show i don't even know if i got to like minute 11 you Whoa, know like like it's harder really? than you think to like do longer shows and be in like a packed room of like 150 people and like telling like a story like because you haven't really told like a story like that to a real audience before and to keep them engaged True. and then you're like mic instincts kind of go off you're like fuck it's been a while without a laugh i need to like punch yeah. it up and then you kind of lose the the structure a little bit i think the yeah the, the big room would throw me off more than the amount of time yeah i feel like but i i've always i mean had longer jokes and i was like surprised how <laughs> big 20 felt 20 is like a huge amount Dude, of time i feel like i feel like if i if if someone doesn't stop me at two versions, <laughs> I that's, feel that's, that's different. Though. Yeah, because that's different than the formal right. setting, though. That's just like this is my show, this is my yeah. house. I'm gonna go on forever if, if my yeah. co host don't give me no fucking light. I've definitely know? done like 13 or 14, yeah. but it's like I notice when I do shows now, I write, of course, I write a quick list all the jokes I want to do in a line, and then I memorize the order. And then I only ever get halfway on like a 10, 7, like yeah. 8 to 10 minute show. And then, because I'm like, I'm always like crowd working or riffing or just like yeah. adding shit in the middle. And I'm like, well, I didn't do half the jokes I wanted to. Yeah, now, you know? true. But 
Also, I think when you start and you're an open micer and you only get three to five, yeah. every the word economy is very tight because you need to make it the sucks. most of that time. It's it's high pressure. It's a, it's a fucking it's a pressure exactly. cooker. Exactly. Yeah, so if you're crazy. never if you're never doing more time, you never ease up on those like time constraints. And what happens, I think, at longer sets is while those jokes are tight and good, yeah, the tightest jokes come off as written monologues. And they can very much like lose the audience in longer form. Yeah, and that's what I figured out. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically just watching Jessica really like handle this crowd that I kind of did okay at. Um, I was just like, even when you have longer jokes for a set like that in an environment like that, you have to be really good at crowd work. Crowd work right. is so fucking important. I feel like there are so many uh, like people at our level that kind of scoff at the concept of crowd work. And no fucking chance, no. dude. It is like more important than your written stuff in like a lot of ways. And then that's it. The the late show. Yeah, I did like maybe like 10 minutes of crowd work and it was so nice. fun. But like, you know, because like I'm from Rhode Island and stuff. This is at the that's comedy perfect. connection. Yeah, I did just did a bunch of local stuff. I like yeah. accused them of uh, creating patient zero for ADD because there's a thing called coffee milk that we give to children in Rhode <laughs> Island. <laughs> so I was just like, we got to stop giving kids coffee milk. And I got like booze yeah. like in a fun way. It was like, I had a blast. But, but that's yeah. like that's like perfect. That's like what you want. You want to be able to go to any city yeah. and make either some local joke or crowd work and get to know them because I'm at the point yeah, now start, where start researching New Jersey now. Yeah. <laughs> what is that place called? Uh, it's in, uh, it, it's like the comedy. Connecticut. So, it's, like, <laughs> it, it's in some really cursed. It's either Jersey. It's it might be in Hartford. Um, but it's it's like the first like club you get if you're like a New York stand up. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I forget what it's called. Know. But yeah, like yeah. I, I'm at the point where it's like for crowd work, every joke I do almost like the the one liner shit to like open and close whatever. But yeah. like the longer jokes, there's always like two underhand pitches for crowd work. Be like, oh, I've been thinking about this, and here's this thing, and yeah. they want to have on top of have something that relates to, like, <laughs> you know, just like you kind of like throw it back and then yeah. see if they have something. If they don't, be like, all right, and you keep with the joke. But if they have something, you get like. You can get another, another minute and a half out of that, yeah. you know? And you get an organic laugh. Ever since I was 19, I've been, like, every every time January comes along, even if I hadn't been doing mics, I would like to go to a mic and do, like, a New Year's resolution. I love hearing yeah. people's New Year's resolutions. Those are great. And then my stupid joke is I just like, well, mine is to floss sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you guys are setting the bar a little high. Mine. Yeah. Did you hear my New Year's resolution joke this year was, was uh, that? same deal. I go... All these are fun for jokes. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I know. literally was like, you know, like, we, I asked the crowd New Year's resolution, yeah. whatever. I go, that's crazy. My my New Year's resolution is to start calling my pecker my hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, love that. I also and, love the word pecker and hog. And like both because it's so <clears throat> it's hog season. It's like that that is a dick joke. Year of the hog. Year of the hog. <laughs> it's a dick joke, but it's like pecker and hog are such insane words that yeah. it's like it's almost removed from <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's just gross. It's like yeah, it's yeah. like so stupid. Like so much <laughs> of stand up is just like it's just contrast. It's just hot and cold. It's yep. just black and white. It's like what are the two words that are the most separate? Exactly. Pecker and hog is perfect. <laughs> it's big and small. Because also you look at me, you're like that guy calls it his pecker. His hog. <laughs> Dude, I know we were talking about SNL earlier and like sketch and stuff. And um, my my honest opinion about. Like if any kind of sketch show is like ever stuck just from doing sketch for four years in college, it's just like make like the most like almost like pecker hog. Just make a really simple, goofy premise and just have the actors like have fun. Yeah. Like for the longest time, I've been thinking about this, like just the spine of this 
sketch and it's so simple it's like a fucking looney tunes premise okay. i was like because like, i was like i was like trying to like write all these like crazy like political sketches at one point and i was just like dude this fucking sucks like mm. who even cares like i who am i to like tell someone what their politics should be within the constraints of sketch comedy of like sketch what the comedy. fuck is anyone <laughs> thinking with this yeah yeah and so i was just like thinking like very bare bones i was just like what if you had like a really little guy and like a really big guy and like the really big guy is just like chasing the really little guy around stage like for like the three beats and i, I started just like cackling just thinking about this <laughs> like why well, I, I oughta and then just they run around and it's like yeah. <laughs> if snl put this on for the uh for the cold open mm. this week I they think it would be better than anything they've had in the past two years. <laughs> SNL, <laughs> SNL needs to return to their vaudevillian roots. That's I mean, what it it's, is. It's one of the goofiest little formats ever. Like, I, like, and I, I would do it in college too. I would try to write like, like, like parody, like prestige TV kind yeah, of yeah. sketches or like political things. And I was like, I clearly just want to write something else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just write something else and, and keep it nice and light and goofy. Exactly. Yeah. The goofy is good. Mad I've, TV understood this. Yeah, dude. Mad TV, <laughs> Mad TV is awesome. Die. It yeah. was the best. It's like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what if a guy with a funny hat like hosted a game show? Like, that's awesome. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's what you should do. They should be drawing little comics. Mm. Of, like, what would be a fun little comic and then putting it on stage? That's why uh, I think you should leave was like totally the, the greatest sketch show of all time yeah you're just like it's all goofy it says nothing it's just weird the character has one deal and he takes it to the end of time yeah, exactly. which is like very like improv <laughs> but yeah like that's awesome yeah that's sick no yeah. i i've been thinking about like like goofy jokes yeah <laughs> i've been dig- <laughs> yeah goofy I, jokes are the best i've been though. digging through my like old notes you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. i like years old comedy that i haven't touched in a while and i was yeah, scrolling back to my fun. phone yeah and i found one <laughs> This, I wrote this like I think it was the end of last year, and it's uh I went to the I went to the zoo this weekend. I got there before they opened. Like, like the premise so yeah. far, and uh, I got there before they opened, and I stayed until they closed because I uh, wanted to get my monkey's worth. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a pump fake for my twisted media brain. I thought this was gonna be like a grind set thing. The grind set. Like, I'm, <laughs> the, I'm, like, the, I'm the first person there. I'm yeah. the first person at the zoo. I'm the last person to leave. You know. And then you then you would do another. Insta- I'm there with the poop. Janders. Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm still getting shots up. <laughs> still throwing peanuts at the elephant, which then he has to clean. <laughs> That's a good one. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Getting some shots up on some peanuts. Yeah, just getting shots up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's like. Uh, it's like as a sports fan, you get you get to use words in your set that you know what they mean. My yeah. brain doesn't go there. That's a that's a good one, dude. I stay, dude. I do that in like therapy. I talk about like matchups in therapy, like psychological matchups. I'm like I'm like <laughs> mother daughter. That's a tough psychological matchup. I mean, there's a lot of history there. I mean, the mom kind of has her number here. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sports all the time. Dude, it's so when my dad asked me to 1v1 him, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's not the most mobile, but he's got a lot of size on yeah. him. You know, yeah, yeah. He's got, it's a big body. We're going to have to game plan for that. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's cool. That's, like, another thing I love about stand-up. Honestly... Uh, I envy basketball fans because mm. I don't want, like watching basketball. There are a lot of comedy basketball fans, yeah. But there's like a whole culture of comedy plus basketball. A like, little bit. The references, there's a lot of overlap. Also, basketball players themselves are like, hysterical people it's really? like it's like rappers like for some reason like they just think in jokes as well mm. like they're very like i, I think like, trash talk is very like punchline based as okay. well yeah. yeah yeah it definitely is i'm trying to think i think it's like one of those things example, where it's like 
you know, they, <clears throat> whenever you're doing, like they say, whenever you're doing like the most boring jobs is when you have mm-hmm. your best ideas. Totally. I totally. think it's that because it's like basketball, like while not sport, this is not boring. It's very mentally, physically engaging. Yeah. But imagine all those days of practice and training. Ice you're just baths. Doing, yeah. And yeah. You're, you're just, just sitting there. In your head thinking about stuff. You know? I don't know. Probably the best riffs of my life have been in like the my like high school basketball like bus coming back from a game like after the game was Mm. like it was kind of a crazy environment my senior year like we just had like a lot of like quick hysterical motherfuckers on this team (laughs) i remember like people like like at a certain point i remember me and my friend steve i think we got like drunk one night and we're just like dude there are sometimes before games that like i'm not even worried about the game I'm just like, am I going to get roasted on the bus? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, people, like, you'd see the energy of them just, like, walking onto the bus. They'd be, like, nervous. Yeah. If, like, they would be, like, the target of, like, <laughs> an hour and a half driving to Connecticut of just hysterical jokes. Oh like, it would be nonstop. <laughs> and it would be funny, too. It wouldn't even just be, like, mean name. Mm. It would be funny. <laughs> like, like, it was a really funny team. And we would all be, like, quoting, like, semi-pro all the time. Mm. Like, semi-pro was actually kind of, like, the Will Ferrell movie, the okay. basketball movie. It would be, like, sort of, like, the glue that kept this, like, very funny basketball team together. <laughs> like, there was, like, this stupid little line in the movie where, like, uh, Will Ferrell would, like, point to this, like, uh, uh, sign, like, on or, like, this, like, yeah, this, like, sign in the locker room that said, like, Hey guys, e- remember ELE. What does that stand for? And they're like, everybody love everybody. Like, that's exactly right. Like, we would say ELE in our locker room. <laughs> and it would actually, like, like, totally alleviate like major conflicts sometimes <laughs> like between players that's amazing yeah, yeah where yeah. does airbud factor into all this well i checked the rule book yeah <laughs> it didn't say anything against uh, a dog mauling an opposing mm, player and ripping nice. their face off during during the game so uh that's, that's, that's a, does that answer your question that made uh, sense we were right? on, the, on the bus for a roasting airbud for 90 minutes yeah and, uh, yeah yeah god for <laughs> god forbid the coach bring his dog on the bus <laughs> anyone on the bus could get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> the manager <laughs> right the person who keeps score <laughs> dude oh my god okay so rewinding a little bit you're doing yeah. stand-up you moved to new york city yeah are you you hitting the grind officially immediately you to new york? Okay. like first week yeah, yeah. okay and eastville you, baby eastville what year is this this is uh 2019 summer this is the fall, fall. yeah like oh, okay, september first nice. uh 2019 okay gotcha yeah. i moved here in like ju- early july 2019 yeah so same time frame yeah also you didn't have uh this is a weird little thing you yeah. didn't have a goatee at that time no this was a pandemic project because yeah yeah this, <laughs> I, this is all i got yeah <laughs> i was in isolation just to try the, to grow the first times i saw your stand-up was at uh cherry bomb yeah i love it, cherry it bomb. was so good yeah. and then and then I didn't see you like during the pandemic and then post pandemic you came back with facial hair so I didn't recognize you yeah yeah sort of a Simba returning yeah but Cherry Bomb was like run by Derek Calto and I forgot the other guy's name I think was it wasn't it was it Derek and Derek? Was it another Derek? I think it might have been. Were they but because yeah. But was it the Derek's that ran them? I think so. But it was like other Derek became a Chad chef. Really? You remember that guy? Oh. Yeah, he like lost a bunch of weight in the pandemic and they just discovered he has like a huge passion for food. Dude, that's so and then cool. he was like running his like little Eastfield bike for like three weeks with his like like and like his like new really hot girlfriend would like be with him and then i feel like at, at one point he just like looked at her and was just like i don't need to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> he just quit stand up entirely kind of cool but that, like that's very sick actually honestly like that mic though yeah that cherry bomb that was like that was the mic that inspired me and lee to have a chill mic yeah no new york city mics 
aside from that that i'd been to at that time like pre-pandemic we're just like good good at all yeah Yeah, (laughs) totally no yeah that like that shit like yeah when i was feeling very discouraged that mic was really huge for me oh yeah Yeah. it was like that was yeah that was like so good and it was so friendly it was just that like the way they did signups it was either like which week are you on? Are you on the A week or B week? Yeah, and they yeah, just yeah, alternates. Yeah. It would always be the same people at the mice. Yeah, they take. A, it was like a good, like, intimate uh, space too. Because mm-hmm. I remember, like, my first like two weeks in New York, I uh, I went to the cellar. <laughs> I would do the cellar like a random like Wednesday seven o'clock show, and fucking Jerry Seinfeld dropped in, mm-hmm. which was insane. But I was shocked at how small it was. I like because I expected it just you know, from like Louie or from any of those like specials right. that happened there. That because uh, they, they do that like, wide, they kind of do like the camera trickery with that like wide shot to make it right. look bigger. But it's like really, it's like it's like close to the size of Cherry Bomb. Uh, really? So I, yeah, kind of yeah, and um, like a little bit bigger, I guess, because there's like a wait staff and a bar and stuff. But um, so yeah, like being able to go to a mic where like you could also experience that like mm. the smaller space, like actually like is like a lot better for oh, comedy yeah. in general. So good. I felt that the other month honestly i did a show at eris and it, you, have you ever been mm-hmm. there it's like it's like classic like stage like really high up stage mm-hmm. and like it like kind of like the 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 space kind of like felt weird for what we were doing yeah the guy who like crushed hardest was um uh he did like a pop parody kind of a thing mm. and that just made so much more sense than right. just being like uh fucking dating and shit <laughs> <laughs> it was just more of yeah. like, a, like a classic performance space right i feel like a lot yeah. of us were like almost trained to be at these like indie venues where you're on the floor or like close <laughs> to the audience yeah and it's like in that situation you want to be like relatable when you're on like a higher stage you want to do something elevated compared yeah. to everyone else you know i remember post pandemic a friend of mine like he like really crushed at like a eastville show but afterwards, he like came off and was just like, "I hated that. I like the chaos of like doing like shows on the street and stuff. I need the chaos." Yeah, he's like, "I need more stuff to be happening." And I was like, "You just did really well." <laughs> I so <laughs> Do you really to that. need that. Yeah. I literally like when I first did an Eastville show, like after all the outdoor comedy. Yeah, I was worried that there wasn't going to be things to riff on because there wasn't like helicopters and traffic and all sorts of crazy. Yeah, shit Yeah, I did like two since pandemic, and yeah, it, it wasn't very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty boring. Show. <laughs> yeah. yeah those big rooms like eastville is like a prime example of like a room that like hurts to tell a joke in if there's oh, not enough my people God. That, that's probably the worst silence i've ever experienced oh, yeah yeah it, i mean you feel like you're in like a walk-in fridge it's yeah. horrible <laughs> <laughs> you just feel so alone so you're doing so you come back you're doing the grind up until the pandemic yeah then what you leave no, I was here the whole time. I just kind of felt that doing stand-up at that time was, like, sort of <laughs> irresponsible. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where, did you stay the whole time, or did you move and oh, come yeah. back? I okay. stayed the whole time. Did outdoor. We started doing Wobbly Ladders, so like, yeah, outdoor yeah. in mid-June. So after yeah. three months, like, total lockdown, mid-June was, like, the first. Oh, okay. Th- that, I came back around that time as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, during that fall and that winter and stuff. I feel like there were a lot of people doing stuff, and I was like, I think that's kind of oh, no, irresponsible. No, no, no. Yeah. During the fall and the winter, we did like a little bit of indoor. But yeah, yeah. The first winter, we did. While I'm not ladder. coming at your live. It's yeah. it's all good. Like, but no, like during the that's just personally March, how I April, felt. May. The, that lockdown, no one was doing anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then later, it was like, yeah, go yeah, for yeah. it. Oh, but, that's okay. So okay, I see now. That summer, I was not doing any stand-up. Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, you had. Fully that was COVID seen. summer. 
I actually had a a, a fantastic COVID summer. Really, what'd you get do? a lot of getting a lot of government checks, mm. going to the beach like every day, just doing shrooms at the beach like every day, <laughs> just having an awesome time, like falling in love. That's like when I like uh, like kind of reacclimated with my now current girlfriend, Kyra. Uh, <laughs> it was like a very beautiful time. We got like matching jellyfish tattoos and shit. Oh, yeah, wow. it was it was awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I wish part of me is like I wish I'd been fired or laid off during that so I could yeah. have gotten the unemployment. Oh, you were working the whole time. Yeah. Oh, you're one of those people. But yeah. I'm work from home, but it was. So it was, I got. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. I was very lucky. But at the same time, I was like, man, I wish I'd gotten the full pandemic experience of the unemployment. Yeah. Checks, I mean, know? that was like the sun setting on like youth. Now, I mean, I feel like I blinked in like three years past. Yeah. You know? like, I just turned 28 a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just like that's like an adult age. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I'm like fuck. <laughs> I I've been ever since I turned 26. I've been telling myself I'm 30 in my head. So I'm turning 28 this month, and I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna be 30. <laughs> I, I did that a little bit with 27, yeah. but 28, I think it feels. Real. I think also 28 is kind of a gross sounding word yeah 28 i don't like how it sounds i don't like saying it i don't like syllables. it fucking roey young the young roey rosen fucking cursed me about a month ago he's like <laughs> he's like he's like you're about to turn like 28 and i was like yeah and he's like dude I, I feel like you're gonna be like one of those guys that's like kind of weird about turning 30 <laughs> I, like, I think you're right <laughs> yeah i'm like become like a like a tough mutter guy yeah or right yeah, something <laughs> weird. he's right he's like crossfit or something weird's yeah. gonna happen yeah yeah uh so when do you come back to comedy so you have covid summer i did have a full covid summer performing zero okay when do you come back to performing i think i came back once it got warm so like in 20 oh no once i once i got the vaccine actually vaccines vaccine the first time i got the vaccine which i got early because i lied on that form uh <laughs> <laughs> i said i had an autoimmune disease it's not true uh then then i was just like i think this is i you know i hadn't heard of like any cases in a long time too and yeah then i started to come back i think you're yeah the wobbly ladder is one of the first ones i did oh, okay back. nice yeah yeah damn so you were off for almost a full year then. almost a full year uh, i thought i was gonna be a hallmark movie writer i thought i was a, i thought i could be a full-time <laughs> screenwriter this very mean woman lied to me a lot uh, she she sold me my dreams. She's the devil. I hate her. Uh, she fucked were, me over so hard. And that's what you were doing before you came back. Uh, yeah, before I came back, I was I was <laughs> I was working like three like sometimes remote writing jobs. So I got this deal. I got this contract to write a Hallmark movie mm -hmm. about a about a summer camp. Uh, I was writing that. Uh, I I did like this weird. Um, Fuck, I'm forgetting. Have you ever done like random remote stuff? Like, rem like there's this like uh, Upwork. That's what it's called. Okay. Uh, it's this website you could just find like really random gigs. I was writing a surf blog for that in a while, which is funny because I haven't like surfed in like ten years. I was mm. just I, I lied again. <laughs> and then, uh, I also did this weird thing where I was like helping this guy develop like this like really shitty idea for a reality TV show where like filmmakers would have to make like a really specific kind of movie and there's like too much like american idol style kind of like voting based on it and this guy was just like this like coked up maniac and he like wasn't paying me what he like probably i had to like really like manhandle him on the phone like all Whoa. the time just like get paid like i'm positive this show will not get picked up ever it makes mm. no sense it's way too expensive just to like <laughs> fund six movies and yeah. then like five of them get voted off and then one becomes a real movie i like it, it's just like it was a very bad anyway but yeah so i was doing <laughs> that kind of stuff and then i returned to mike's at the wobbly ladder i want to say 
in like March or something. Okay, that that, that checks out. That sounds right. Yeah. I remember it was still kind of cold when I saw you. Yeah, again, yeah, so. yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, damn. It was like it was like early spring. A whole year off though. That's A whole like, year off. So you've taken two. You've taken like three whole years off almost in your in your whole comedy tenure. No, I think more actually. More? So I think from like twenty one ish to twenty four, I was the only improv in Boston. Right. So or like very sporadic. I don't even count that very sporadic setup. So that was like three years off. And then another full year off. Wow. And then uh, <laughs> this past year, I also spent two whole months in California not performing. So Damn. maybe maybe that's, you know, maybe I'm overthinking sort of mm. the issues I, I have on stage sometimes. Maybe it's just, <laughs> maybe don't take really long breaks <laughs> once you start cooking. <laughs> uh, people who live in glass boxes shouldn't move away from that glass box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shouldn't I Willy Wonka send themselves <laughs> to the stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's cool, though. I think, I think uh, that's something that a lot of stand struggle with is mm. getting away from it like i, I, did, literally, I feel a little burned out like in the month of may i felt like i was like kind of just doing the same thing over and yeah. over again and wasn't really making much progress Dude, and feeling when, stiff at shows too yeah. when the pandemic started my mom was like are you gonna come back to denver and i literally said no mom the dream is here <laughs> <laughs> i just didn't want to live with my mom yeah. <laughs> i was just like Wow, just go going to Arlington, Virginia, a place I've never lived before. <laughs> no, actually, it was South. It was Virginia Beach, which I only know from cocaine rap lyrics. Yuck, because it's a big port town. Um, but yeah, it's like there's in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, I, I'll I'll just almost die with my friends. I think actually, because I was like living with two of my yeah. closest friends. I was like, fun. we had like a fun time for the most part. Yeah, yeah. there you go. But like Very small now. most people don't take time off. It's like yeah, if you take a if I took a month off, I would feel. You feel really so guilty because you've been kind of go 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 since you moved here. Yeah, basically, like yeah. My, my go 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 is not as such a fast rate as others. They sure, I'm doing like but like a steady, consistent a, a show or two a week. And you're running and a weekly show, weeks. which is also sounds like a huge pain in the ass. No, I just show up. <laughs> <laughs> we just both. You're show not up. hauling that amp on the fucking no, hell. I, sometimes being like, oh, I could be home. I mean, yeah, eating biscuits right now. The it, the the hard part is that speaker is heavy, and I, it's like yeah, I know, yeah, but. I guess what's nice is like I go from my mic to my show. I get a falafel sandwich before the show. Yeah. I set it up. I listen to some music. But then you also have to show. do like the barking thing and stuff. Like yeah. there's a lot of work you guys barking, have to do. Barking is fun though. I okay. Think. But okay, barking alone, <laughs> barking alone is not fun. Barking yeah. with someone is very fun because then you can riff off each other and people are less intimidated by two men on the street than one. Yeah. One man on the street is here to kill you. Two men on the street are here to hand you a flyer. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. True. Like I don't know, but yeah the. If it's like if I took a a month off, I'd be like it's over. Like this podcast, <laughs> I've we're like, done. Yeah. So you're gonna be episode ninety seven. I have whoa, I've good for you, man. One week. That's huge, yeah, bro. It's I'm getting close to hundred. I have no idea who I want. And I, and I saw your story recently, like posting about like uh, just like the metrics of like consistency getting you more like uh, monthly listeners or annual listeners yeah. or unique listeners or something like that. And I was just like. My my man is grinding. That's awesome. It, I am not consistency is hard. This podcast has not fully launched yet. Okay, like it's it's still like working its way up in terms of listenership. But yeah, it, yeah. Well, like I you, mean, that shit takes time. Though, of it course, takes like so. a like a Connor actually, my engineer once told me this. It takes like a hundred and twenty five to one hundred fifty episodes. The average podcast like take off. I think. Wow. The mic's not on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but the yeah, I mean, consistency is key for these types of. Yeah. 
So yeah. that's that's the big one. It was so some statistic. Our engineer like, Connor says that consistency yeah. is key. <laughs> He's also got a Gary V T-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a picture of his bald head. Yeah, right. No, but yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah. As soon as I re- I've missed one week in wow. since August 2020, basically. And I felt. And you're like so working full time while yeah, this is happening. Yeah. Wow, this I is, have no excuse. I work like gigs. I work like film gigs. Like this, this is not two or three days a week. I know, but still, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of time. Man. Yeah, yeah. And you're in a relationship. I mean, that's that. I mean, it probably helps that she's a stand up too. But yeah, she gets it. Yeah, yeah she she kind of she, she chill. She she would never violate the code. Yeah, she never break the code. <laughs> But when um, we take like a still, week or two off for like Christmas or whatever, then yeah. it feels like okay, we should probably yeah. <laughs> do something. <laughs> did, I I don't know, is stepping over any kind of line. Is she ever like? Does she ever like complain? Just like oh, you know, we could have just like had a nice day, but no, no, the podcast consistency is key. It's or opposite. Like that. Oh, she's it's opposite. She's getting like, you to grind harder. It'll be like oh Whoa. yeah, like why why are we like sitting at home? Like let's go do. Oh, something. let's be productive. That's cool. It's it's good, but it's also you know it's also like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Type yeah, dude, yeah, we've yeah. been we the 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 problem with being a comedy couple is like you go do shit and then the evening you get back at like eleven thirty and yeah. you're like and all you're, right you're, you're just toast yeah, yeah. totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we we've been watching uh the latest Doctor Strange movie for yeah. like five <laughs> days now because we've gotten to watch two pieces of it and then we just haven't had time to finish dude, that's the how movie. I feel about most of the Marvel shits if like my friend is like forcing me to watch it, it takes like three times to yeah get me to do it. I, I cannot give a shit I see it's like we're like watching intently but then it's just like after like thirty minutes like we gotta go to bed yeah <laughs> I'm gonna the, miss everything <laughs> the the latest one is that what yeah. the one you're talking about how how is it so far? Because that director's kind of fun. He made the Spider Mans and he made uh, Evil Dead. It Sam Ramy. It was pretty good. It's it's good so far. It's like fun. It's not like it's not like a mind blower. I think they're losing. He's their kind of more of an old school horror camp guy. So I, I didn't yeah. know like how that would like clash with like corporate interests. I don't know. It, it, I haven't. I don't have a verdict on it. All I know is that everything that came out after Endgame yeah. is feeling a little lost in the sauce. Because same with Star Wars, all that Disney yeah. shit has felt pretty lost in the sauce to me. Dude, the Star Wars sequels are just a disgrace to film history. Yeah, can we? Yeah, can we? Can we get into it real quick? Yeah, dude, they didn't have a plan for the three movies. They just made one movie. We're like, let's hire a different guy to make the second movie, and then the third guy, the the first guy's gonna do the third, and he's gonna try to tie it all together with no yeah. fucking arc. Yeah. I also I want to say this on Wax. Uh, Ryan Johnson fucking sucks. The Last Jedi fucking sucks. Any like contrarian that thinks that that was anything special is so far up their own fucking ass. I like cannot even <laughs> believe that I even have to like preach this sometimes. I think the sequels were a mess in general. I think uh, Force Awakens at least gave me like the magic glow yeah. of it. Uh, I do not think he should have said that line like a bigger Death Star. I did not think it detracted <laughs> the entire film. <laughs> but. I don't know. Ryan Johnson to me is like one of the masters of just like one of my like least favorite uh, tropes of like action comedy, which is very like look into the camera. We're making a joke. Wink. Like one of the first fucking lines is like Luke Skywalker essentially looking into the camera and being just like, what am I going to do? Fire up my little laser sword and save the day. (laughs) He had just done that. Not what, 15 years ago? And it worked. (laughs) Yeah. Why would he say that? It makes no sense. Like I yeah. like I know like at a certain level like once a like, canon is so like in depth that you kind of like have to be somewhat aware of it. But you're talking about like an epic. You're talking about like yeah. like big like mythic <laughs> creatures. Like you you wouldn't have like Zeus look into the camera and be like, "What am I gonna do? Lightning bolt him and then have sex with whoever I want?" Like that's wink. wink. Yeah, like that would suck, <laughs> dude. And that's uh, that's like fuck Ryan Johnson. <laughs> 
it, it, that's what makes it so bad. Honestly, my my hot take is I think. Uh, and then the last one was just a mess. Rogue One yeah. is the best Star Wars movie of all time. Pretty good. I was initially opinion. a little weird on it. I, it felt a little filler anime arc to me yeah. a little bit because it was just between plot lines. And I couldn't really remember any main character's name, which I think is like a bad sign. But but it's I, it's, a, it's a blast. It though. is the only one that's elicited any type of a re- emotional response from me. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, this is like we, Han, Han Solo getting got didn't get you. I didn't. Uh, uh nah, no. Because no. okay, honestly, that was a brutal scene. Kind of. I had never you seen. Want Adam... the, you want me to do the voice? Okay, do the voice. <laughs> I know what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> The that, was a, that was a brutal thing. <laughs> Here's the problem, okay? And the face he makes while, like, while he's touching his face. This, I had never seen Adam Driver in anything prior, oh, okay. prior to Force Awakens. So when he takes his helmet off for the first time, the, the, I laughed out loud in laughed. the theater. I, 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 like, I felt really bad for him. And not just because I look like him. I was like, <laughs> damn, that sucks. Like, he knows that happens. Dude, you know? it's like, that's, that's I was rough. like, this is a villain? Give okay. him a fucked I, up I'd face seen girls or something. And a few okay. other things. Yeah, yeah. I would. That's what. So it was like it took away from. Me. I was like, dude, just leave the helmet on until the third of the sequel movies or something. Like, mm. let's like kill Han Solo and then in the third movie reveal that he'd like it's your father or something. Like, okay, but I think yeah. putting on just to present a counter. I just saw this in a in a sports debate. I was like, wow, that was a really like polite way to say I disagree. I present a counter. Oh, <laughs> nice. Present a counter. I think uh, putting on my director hat here, okay. if you're having a scene like that that's so personal, I mean, like a inch-to-inch murder, right. I think you need to see both actors' eyes because that's the emotional depth. Okay. You know, between right. you know, the windows to the soul, you need to see him like like be like so conflicted and do it anyway. And Here's you need what to you see, do. Here's how you do it. You need to Chewy. see his dad look at him Chewy while he does Chewie shoots Kylo it. Ren's, hits him in the helmet, bl- blasts out one of his one eyes. Eye. And then as he's stabbing <laughs> him, you see the pain and you see his eye, but you don't see his face. And you're like, oh, there's something here. What is this? I also think it added to the scene that he looked kind of like a scared little boy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm sorry his nose is that size. It yeah. distracted you. Dude, they, <laughs> and I swear, they like they like made him extra pasty. They like they were like, let's turn up the white balance. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, <laughs> crank the exposure on Adam Driver. Yeah. Turn down the highlights. That was, I mean, JJ, he loves his red, <laughs> red and blue lights. He does. But yeah. So we got off track here. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars oh, but also the casino arc of the Last Jedi. I mean, if you even start to defend that, you are so full of shit. I mean, what was the message? Wealth is bad. What? What was? What the fuck was going on in that movie? And then that kid uses the Force at the end. Yeah. Are we gonna see that again? No. No. I did. I did. It doesn't matter. Oh. Now I sound like Bill Burr. No. <laughs> I okay. It's the sequels were so bad. Yeah. I don't even want to be a Star Wars fan anymore. Like I, I earnestly, I, I do really love the Mandalorian. I haven't watched the, the fucking Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. It show. stinks. Okay. It, watch that like stoned with Lee. Like they have a nice time. <laughs> they get like deeper into like local Tatooine politics than mm. like anyone would ever fuck it. And they made Boba Fett just like a like a like a clumsy moron. We don't know much about this character, right? All we know is that he's like a stone cold assassin and that he's cool. Yeah. He's back. Awesome. But then he's like a stupid sucker that takes everything at face value and he's like, I'm the man of Tatooine now. And then he's like, I trust you. And then they're like, hee 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 hee. And that's like the show. <laughs> they made him yeah. a doofus. Fuck Why that. would they do that? <laughs> and that's just that's just one of those disappointing things. You just grow up, have these things that you hold like so dear to yeah. you in fiction, only to have someone shit all over like Game of Thrones. You're just like how many disappointments? Yeah. Okay. This this is sounding like every tech TikTok clip or podcast clip <laughs> I see yeah. on TikTok is just two guys being like, "I know it's crazy, right? <laughs> Fuck it. They destroyed the things we love." Yeah. Uh, but hey, 
I forgot how we got here, but um, I mean Naruto. I thought I thought the Naruto ending was quite good. It was like very like epic, like it felt like mythic god, like it felt like the end of the Odyssey or something. It was, like I'm trying to think. I watched all of Naruto when I was like in ninth grade. So okay, is that when it time. ended? I didn't actually know when it well, ended. Well, I, like, I part two ended when you were in ninth grade. Part one, the not Shippuden. Oh, uh, I'm talking about Shippuden. The okay, very yeah, end yeah, of that I don't know. Was, oh, fucking right. nuts. Yeah, they like they like they break like the god rules, mm. but like they do it in a in a way that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So it's like it worth it. It's a good payoff. Yeah, I would say so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm like like watching these Gundam shows, okay? Yeah. Right? Every yeah. Gundam series is 50 episodes long. So it's That's like nice. you, you get like a whole arc, but they always do this thing where they like start really hot, yeah. kind of go cold for a little bit, kind of chill in the middle, and then they go really hot at the end. That's a great, so it's like, That's it's, a great arc. Yeah. It's like the, the right amount of time for you to watch a series, and by the time you're like, all right, I'm ready for to see where this goes, then it yeah. like shoots off at the end. Brotherhood's of the like that too, The yeah. Alchemist. That's like 50 episodes. Okay. That thought, was, you haven't that, seen that one? No. That one's oh, short. that one's like probably... In many ways, I would say the best one, the mm. best anime series in terms of just like it's condensed, it's really compelling, and the ending is perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I think next on my list is uh, Neon Genesis. You've never mm-hmm. seen it? No. Oh my god! Actually, I just watched it not that long ago. It's <laughs> it's really nuts, man. Like I had no idea of the level of like existential, like holy fuck, it is. That's it's what like I'm looking a for. Really smart, but like makes you feel weird, kind of yeah. emotional. That's what I want. Cause gorgeous shit. Like all, all the Gundam shit is like I put it up with like Akira in terms of just like batshit insane, like existential, like just giant imagery. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Cause like when I watch this Gundam shit, I love giant robots. That's yeah. the core, right? Oh, I mean, that's a huge giant part. robots. That's quite yeah, yeah. Gundam's themes are easy, okay? Yeah. War bad, not everybody good, and then sometimes you kill your girlfriend in combat. That's well, Gundam. I mean <laughs> with 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 some with some trippy stuff on the way, they start to get like the psychic, like new type stuff. So it starts to get a little surreal yeah, but yeah. it doesn't carry this gravity of like existentialism it's mm-hmm. just like we know what the people want the people want fucking guns and robots so yeah. like, let's watch that you know this is cool because like the war is like um based on like on a complete unknown alien kind of mm-hmm. a thing but yeah like most like yeah it's obviously because of world war ii but like yeah like japanese storytelling and like media has had this like very uh intrinsic awareness of like what war is and what war does to you and how batshit insane like extremism like 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 every like almost like every like good anime villain is just like raised in some like crazy like extremist like Mm -hmm. like pain from naruto just like was like he just existed in this village in between two villages like having this crazy war so he's just like this like war orphan and that's Mm. and that's like his whole thing and that's like that's more than like I don't know what the fuck superhero villain origins are. They just <laughs> fell into a vat and are pissed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like so much better. It's like in the, <laughs> the new Spider-Man movie when the two uh, with Shockwave and Sandman they're talking mm. to each other and they're like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "I fell into a vat of uh, electric eels." He's like, "What happened to you?" He's like, "I fell into a vat of sand or something." And, and I will like, say like that kind of wink <laughs> into the camera, like like comedy. That I'm I, I'm more okay with that than whatever Star Wars has tried because I mean comic books kind of do that a lot. Yeah. Like. But and, and and the Deadpool movies actually like I mean because the comic does break the fourth wall all the time they have a lot of good source material that was awesome that was mm. really funny fourth wall breaking with purpose they're solid yeah. I like them a lot yeah I, I like, like those movies I like the X Men cameo where they're, yeah. like, where they're like we can <laughs> yeah. only get he, they're like in the mansion they're like yeah, they're like yeah, yeah. these are the only characters we could afford but it shows all the X Men sitting in the conference room and they yeah, close yeah. the door on them or like, like they mentioned that movie where like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool was in that random Wolverine movie. Mm. And they were like, yeah, we don't talk about that one. <laughs> That's really funny. 
So uh, anyway, back to comedy. You Sorry. had you had <laughs> another thing that you wanted to talk about. You did some weird, not the Hallmark job. You did something mm. else. I uh, we, t- we talked about it right before the development thing, the the NBC script thing. I don't remember. <laughs> or or the junket thing or the interview Shit. thing. In- interview. You want you think junk- our producer saying yeah junket. I have a fun that? little Adam Sandler story. Is that what you're talking That's about? That's the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so basically my normal the the day job that I should not that I should not quit um is so basically it's like kind of like in the realm of like being a production assistant is like okay. a production assistant on paper. Uh right now is over Zoom, which actually in a weird way gives me more like agency, so I'm kind of like a room director. So I I'm kind of like talking to actors all the time just like telling them like what the deal is like mm-hmm. and then they just do like an entire day of like some like a, a classic day let's say like six to ten hours of like four to eight minute interviews with like e-news and a bunch of local press to get the word out about a movie or a tv show mm. um before this was remote because of covid uh we would just go to hotel rooms we would make them look exactly like this and then... uh, this is not easy to replicate okay? <laughs> oh no it wasn't easy yeah was <laughs> if huge... you're looking to book hit us up he right? is a huge pain in the ass yeah. uh but um uh, so yeah, they'd be in hotel rooms and then I'd be like timing these interviews and giving like almost like, uh, like being a stand-up host, like you give the reporter the light or give the journalist the light. And, uh, the, uh, the best one I ever did or my favorite one was I did uncut gems mm. and I was in a room with both the Sandman himself, Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett, Whoa. uh, you know, legendary, uh, power forward from the Timberwolves and probably more notably the Boston Celtics. Also like my favorite basketball player, like of all time, mm-hmm. he's an insane person. He's sick. <laughs> he's cool. I had to like tell them to put like the boon mic up higher and they're like, well, how tall is he? And I was like, six <laughs> eleven. <laughs> like, is he really? I was like, yes. <laughs> he's, he's an NBA player who was the tallest guy on the, he's six. You have to put the boom mic up higher. Oh my gosh. Um, so unfortunately, be in KG. Actually, we didn't. We didn't really vibe. I guess I, maybe I was a little weird when I came up to him after, and I was like, "Hey, man, I'm like a huge, like I'm a big Celtics fan. Like you're like you're my, like my favorite player. Like 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 so cool to meet you, man." And he was just like, "All right, man." <laughs> like, about it, which is like totally fair. No, yeah. I, I I wasn't like broken, but I was like, oh, I was hoping we'd like joke around or something because he's really funny. Um, you gotta you gotta pull out. What's your name? Oh, yeah, hey, nice yeah, to meet you. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what's that again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, in the chair I was sitting next to, like, there's a chair right there. I was essentially sitting there, and, like, Adam Sandler was, like, where I'm sitting. Yeah, yeah, So we were, like, kind of vibing the whole time. He kept, like, talking to me while he was on camera and, like, joking (laughs) to me. And I kept, like, geeking, like, because I can't make any noise. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not not here, you know? (laughs) He's like, this guy's crazy, right? And I was just like, they won't see this, Yeah. (laughs) So we're, like, he's, like, joking around with me and, like, fucking tapping my leg and, like, laughing whenever, like, KG was, like, on an insane rant and stuff so we're like we're, we're getting kind of like chummy and then uh at the end he's like shaking everyone's hand which is you know not everyone does so he, he's like the, he's like uh his vibe is like the really like chill funny dad like at like a sleepover of like yeah. your friend's house you know like he comes down and he's like oh what are we watching huh? yeah. you know that kind of vibe and um so he's shaking everyone's hand and he gets to me and uh, I have this really crazy thought in my head. I had just seen this like old SNL sketch that he did with like Farley and uh, uh, David Spade, where he's just like in like a gyro restaurant. It was okay. Jason Alexander, the guy who plays Costanza. Mm-hmm. He's at this gyro place, and, and uh, he's eating, he takes the first bite, and he like seems a little displeased. And then, <laughs> and then uh, the guy sitting next to him is like, "What's what's wrong with your with your gyro, man?" And he's just like. 
Well, it's just you know, there's not really quite enough like uh, like sauce on it. It's 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 not it's not really like sauce on. I mean, he's like, oh, well, why don't you just like go go ask for more? And he's like, oh, you can do that. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, like just just go ask for more juice. And he's like, okay. And then he gets to the to the counter. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, my gyro just could use like a little more juice. And it's like Schneider or someone. And he just goes like, oh, you like it, the juice? And he's just like, yeah, I, I'd like some more juice. He's like. The juice is good, yes. <laughs> and he's just like, Yeah, the juice is good. I like somebody. He's like, Okay, I get you some juice. And then he taps a guy next to him, and then it's like Sandler, and then it's like Farley, mm. and they just they just do this for seven minutes. Oh, okay. Uh so I for some reason was thinking about that. It was just rattling through my head. So as I shake hands with him, I'm kind of like over his shoulder anyway. And I just go <laughs> I go up like to his ear, which is like, you're not even supposed to like talk to talent, really. Right, right, right. And I'm just like, You like it to shoot? And then he like <laughs> he like took a little step away from me. He's like starting to walk away and then he like turns back at me and he's just like yeah i like it to shoot <laughs> <laughs> and then he like left his like jacket there or something or, or like on a chair or something and i was like sandman your jacket and he just like oh thanks babe <laughs> <laughs> that's so we nice a, we had a fun little what a wholesome experience that's it like, was the most wholesome yeah that like checks out for him people say he's like very chill so he's I'm so glad, nice like, he was... I'm glad there's consistency yeah 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 hell yeah that's sick so when you're setting up these interviews was it like is like is is it just like someone interviewing them about the film kind of deal? One of yes. these are okay. It is like borderline violates the First Amendment controlled questions about the film in the name of puff piece journalism to promote said film. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess there are some that they just like they take the interview and then they still like they'll still slash it if they want. Like the AV Club wouldn't just like kiss ass or something, but. For the most part, it's like an ad for mm. the movie, pretty much. Okay, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That's sick, though. What? That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Did, did you tell him you were a comedian at all? No, I didn't. No, yeah. no, I, I just tried <laughs> to keep it cool. Because yeah. then he would have ghosted you like uh, KG. He would have been like, yeah. mm. <laughs> I did have a, one time uh, a director. Uh, he had directed this movie about... Um, about a guy who had been thrown in Guantanamo for absolutely no reason and was like stuck there for 25 years. I think it's called like the Samanitarian or something. Um, it's not some, like everyone kept saying Samaritan, and it's not Samaritan. It's, yeah, it's a different yeah. word. But um, uh, one time I just had to like, they're like, just like, like we don't have any like press like stall. And we just like talked for like 10 minutes and I did get like the very golden, which I'm sure all my, uh, my coworkers hated. He was just like, this isn't just your normal gig, is it? <laughs> I was just like, ah, no, you know, I want to be a screenwriter. I want to blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, yeah, you got a good head on your shoulders. I'm sure. Like, <laughs> and they're like, for all these things, there are always like 15 people listening. So I'm sure they were all just like, ah, <laughs> what an I am, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so if it's like a moment like that, I'll be like, uh, yeah, like I do stand up or like I'm a writer mm. or something like that. But uh, yeah, you're really not supposed to um, plug anything. Yeah. I did one time try to write uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi scripts because I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, and I was on a junket with with Hayden and, yeah, and yeah. Ewan. Uh, very proud to announce to all of our uh, inner childs that they are, in fact, boys in real life, which was very cute to see. <laughs> like, they have, like, awesome, they're, like, really good friends. Yeah, like, yeah. They have really good rapport. Like, Ewan was, like, pissed off by, like, some stupid questions. Like, in, like, in, like, a cute way. He was just like, I mean, it's just stupid questions. I don't understand why they, like, ask that kind of thing. Yeah. Hayden was immediately just like, Oh well, I can like I can like take the meat on those if you if you're like if you're like cooked and he's like I would love it if you did that and yeah. they're like I love you man and he's like I love you too man like I'm so so glad we're wow, doing this look man at that. this is awesome and I was just like yeah yes <laughs> 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 my mic's video just like yes 
true master padawan moment yeah, yeah. amazing but I, I like i had a feeling because like my friend uh he is like a producer there like he was probably nervous about putting me on with with you and because uh, yeah, he was like he was like oh i actually wrote a script one time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so are you are you kind of is that kind of like your end goal you're kind of focusing on screenwriting right now or what well, the more I get into that, the more I realize that, like, I think anyone who wants to do that, just do that, is, like, kind of in denial about wanting to be a director. Because if you're mm. if you're writing the thing, you're kind of in that moment. You know, you're the omnipresent. You're kind of the god of the story. Right, right. And to make sure your, your baby is taken care of, really the only way to feasibly do that is to direct it yourself. Whoa, interesting. So, um, and I've always been interested in directing and just like directing like sketches in college and a few other things like right. that. Um, I, I directed a friend of mine sketch in Long Island not that long ago. And that was when I really put on like the director hat. And I, I, I feel like I, like I did a really like I, I really like the process. I have like a lot of stuff to learn about the crew hierarchy and a lot of things like that. And I guess just basic uh, camera angles and yeah. things like that. <laughs> but um, I really like working with actors and like giving people notes and like like doing that whole thing. So I do have some directing aspirations in the future. Yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah. sick. That's a it's a really interesting way to put it because I feel like the the appeal of screenwriting is like oh I get to I get to make the story you yeah. know but it's like you're right it's like truly like oh you want to you want to make a, what's in your head it's you a, don't just run yeah you, do, you just don't want to write the words you and, know and you kind of have to accept that it's just just like you know versus writing that versus like a book or a short story or something you have to accept that it's just like one it's more of a blueprint than the final thing and right. two it's literally a schedule yeah. every time you write interior exterior scene you're just telling someone where they're going they're not going to film it in order they're going to film it by location right so like it is like there's this kind of i think it's fun there's like kind of like a logistical element to it where like you know mm. an author you can just go to whatever perspective you want whenever you feel like it but this is someone's schedule this is someone's job someone has to read this to like make sure props are in the right place to make sure like costumes are correct to make sure you know it's at the right time of day and stuff these it's like people's day-to-day -day right. lives it's not just a like uh you know as a writer sometimes you do just enter this world of just like well what's important is the feelings and the emotions <laughs> and, the, and the in the in the stream and that's of course extremely important but like yeah it's also a schedule you're like yeah this, yeah. Is, a, this is a statement of work this is not yeah, <laughs> yeah. like if people have to like understand what the mm -hmm. fuck is going on here in a very logistical cold sense as wow well. that's actually a really cool bit uh yeah. thing it's a good thing to think about yeah it's a good little nugget that's great because I've had real screenwriters and stuff on here. Yeah, like writers and that no one has said like that's a schedule, but it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. So are you are you doing that? You're you're are you doing that like kind of the side of stand up? Are you? Um. Yeah. I. I mean, in terms of like just like actual tangible work. Uh. Right now, I do have this cool thing where that Hallmark thing really like fucked me over. Yeah. But I did get like one cool connection out of it, which was that um, when they gave me this contract, uh, you know, I'm not a lawyer or anything. I had no idea what this contract meant. I kind of accepted that I would blindly, I would have to blindly sign it no matter what. Mm -hmm. But um, someone suggested that like I have like an agent look at it just to make sure it's cool. Uh, and then I had a friend who used to work at this agency in LA. I asked her about it. She said there was this guy, like an older head there, kind of like a higher up there. Uh, uh, this one agency that's a pretty big LA one that was just like obsessed with Emerson College mm -hmm. and we never like shut up about it. 
Uh, so I just like cold DM'd him on LinkedIn. I was just like, hey, like I'm about to maybe write my first feature. I have no idea what this contract means. Like I went to Emerson, you know, go Lions <laughs> or whatever. I was like, would you mind taking a look at it? And then he like DM'd me back. Like, we had like no mutual connections or anything. He Whoa. DM'd me back that day. We talked on the phone. We had a good rapport. He kind of told me just like, yeah, this contract kind of sucks, but what, what can you do? And this thing called contingent um uh, compensation mm -hmm. which means i was promised a little bit of money up front which i got and it was still a cool amount of money for i mean i i have no agency as a screenwriter i'm right a, right I'm a total green banana i shouldn't expect anything more than i got total green banana yeah yeah is that an expression outside of you <laughs> Do people say that well i've only heard it in very creepy senses about young girls but uh, <laughs> it just okay. means that you're not like mature <laughs> uh, that's Hol that's hollywood baby that's entertainment and that's just the i'm just talking hollywood that's right now I'm, I'm in hollywood deals mode so uh, but uh basically i was gonna get fifteen thousand dollars if this movie had entered entered production right contingent on it entering production right it didn't even get close to production so that sucked but um but we had a good rapport and then a couple months ago like once it like finally like officially like i finally talked to an assistant who actually like knew what was going on after being kind of like led along by mm. this person that was developing it i put that in quotes because she did almost nothing uh but uh then uh once it was totally dead i just called him up after like procrastinating it and feeling bad about myself for a long time thinking about the money i'd potentially missed out on uh and i called him expecting his like assistant to answer as he had like the other times and then it was just like him mm. and then i was just like uh 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 and then i just like kind of like pivoted it into just like but like they kind of made me water down the original concept of this which was like a really like raunchy summer camp like movie that, that yeah, was like yeah. gonna be because like this place that i went that i worked at it was crazy i mean people were like drunk driving boats full of children and like fucking on docks and stuff. it was just like a really crazy time and they made me kind of like g-rate yeah, yeah you yeah. know uh and like kind of like put it more into like a classic uh hallmark rom-com formula which right. is like a really like painfully rigid thing that really i really painful. hated filling in with my uh, uh work i guess mm. and a little stencil uh so yeah i go into pitch mode and i was just like you know like there are these like shows like, like yellow jackets like euphoria and like i think like like it'd be really cool if we did like a raunchy like teen uh like show like about this thing and then uh, I, I asked him whether it should be like show or movie and then he was just like the contracts right now are like the same because of how streaming works and i was like i think i'd be more comfortable in television actually uh and then uh he, he said something really funny he's like well listen shot he's like He's like, I like talking to you, but I mean, you're lucky you even got me on the phone. Yeah. I mean, this is like a miracle that I'm even <laughs> listening to this bitch. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's like a, he's like a, he like lives in like the Hills mansion mm -hmm. type guy. Uh, but he's like, I tell you what, why don't you write this up, send it to me. I'll send it to some people. We'll see what we can do. And I was like, okay. So nice. for the last like four months, which is probably too long, uh, I've been writing the fuck out of this thing. I have a first draft done. I've been reading it a bunch of times. I have some friends read it, send it to him. Who knows? Maybe maybe I get the Hulu contract soon. It's possible. Very cool. It's that's possible. really sick, actually. And I feel really good about the pilot. It's really creepy. I I kind of <laughs> it's really creepy. I, oh, I kind of ramped up like the lot kind of, of like a lot uh, of green bananas in that show. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean technically, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that, that's that's not the pitch, that's not the <laughs> Danny. Pitch. That's not the pitch. <laughs> but uh, I, I ramped up kind of like the cult, like the camp itself has like a lot of like really weird genuinely creepy like like horror stories about okay, it yeah like there was this weird russian counselor that was known for um having footsteps so light that he could strangle uh rabbits 
and that's like a real story. There was like oh a newspaper God. article about it recently about him getting out of prison. And uh, for the longest time, I was like, he's called the Walker. And I was just like, for the longest time, I thought that was like just a story. And then I saw, I read this newspaper article, and I was just like, oh, he like murdered someone and like <laughs> did work at this camp, and now he's like free <laughs> and Damn. stuff. And now you're writing the screenplay. So now there's this kind of like cool, like cult fiction kind of element of it, kind of like a little bit bordering the surreal that I'm kind of dealing with. I'm gonna make it like a very like. The kind of the 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 underline of the show is like kind of like what kind of what is the perfect blank like canvas of a human being to be like sort of honey potted into a cult? Mm. How does it happen? And like how does like peer pressure as itself work? And how does like tribalism just as human beings like how how like you know ingrained into our what what it is to be human like is it? Yeah, right. Cool. That's kind of the thesis of the show That's overall. Sick. Yeah. I didn't know you were doing any of this before today. Yeah. Very cool. Oh my god. Last three months I've been like Adderall out of my fucking head yeah. just trying to write this thing. I've had a bad cold DMing people on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of a Hollywood deals guy. <laughs> doing, doing, uh, That's business. Check, baby. Out, my, check out my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're kind of down to our last little bit here. Yeah. So let me ask you this final sure. question. Yeah, yeah. What do you love about comedy? What do I love about comedy? Well, I will say like yesterday was like the first mic I'd done in a month because, yeah, again, I was in the desert renovating a house on some re real man shit. On some real Tim Westwood real man shit. Um, but, yeah, what I really enjoyed about just like going back up there and also just like seeing everyone is just like I love like the never ending kind of equation of like solving like yourself on stage mm. you know like when i was just like watching everyone i was like i was like <laughs> i hope i wasn't being annoying i was like giving all my friends like notes or so you know i was just like i was just like dude like that was so funny like maybe try this blah, blah, blah. i love the never-ending equation of what like you know the end goal is like you know the perfect set or like the yeah. perfect crush or right like, that's what we're all chasing but like i really also enjoy yeah just the very bare bones problem solving aspect of it to like how can you have like a fun time how can you goof off best <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> like that's really fun to me that's kind of been like my life's work maybe that's who i am actually i've just tried to figure out how to goof off best that's nice that's yeah dope. that's and a I, I really love that and i also i really love the the community i think it's so like it's so ridiculous. It's so fun that we've all just agreed to be kind of like clowns that also sort of try to be cool. <laughs> and I, I think it's cute, kind of. It's like it's like very like talent show feeling, and I, I just like that we all have these like weird like <laughs> loser origins that yeah. led us here, and then we're all just trying our best just to like you know just say something into the ether and get something back. I think it's beautiful. It's the best. Yeah, the, I think it's awesome. Yeah. Like, especially in New York, I love it in yeah. New York. It's, yeah, it's yeah. fucking rules, and it's like it's so cool. I think about this all the time. I just yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to stay like grateful and present because i'm like yes, no it's other, hard to yeah and no other time in my life am i gonna have just like 60 amazing talented friends yeah. or more and we all live within 20 minutes of each other i know it's like, crazy i thought about that in california too and like i was talking to like a california comic they gotta drive everywhere mm -hmm. it's like it seems a lot shittier yeah. in a lot of ways and yeah, the fact that we just walk to each other's houses and stuff is beautiful. Yeah, you know? it's, like, so cool. it's such a community neighborhood feel. Yeah, and every, awesome. every comedy show is like a hang yeah. in some way. And it's just like, I'm like, this might be the greatest uh, years of my life and I have no idea. So I'm just going to be cool and have fun. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like having like a packed out show of strangers, of course, feels good. But like when you see like a comic who like didn't tell you he was coming that you like yeah. really like and fuck with, like Sasha and uh, Alex came to my last uh, Bing show and they didn't mm. tell me they were coming at all. And I was just like, oh, you got 
eyes. You know, <laughs> like, it was like beautiful. It made me feel so good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. Man. Love that drop in shit. Yeah, it's great, man. Yeah, I get lots of people at two virgins, but I see hear someone come up the stairs like audience, I'm like. <gasps> Oh no, it's just another comedian. But they're cool though. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah. what's up, man? Yeah. Someone I'll actually speak to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean, this has been awesome. Yeah, Where man. Can the people Great find talk. You? Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at local dingus. Um, and then I guess I I gonna do a pre plug. Actually, you know what? I'll promise it right now. Uh, me and 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 the king and the pastor uh, David Dobbins, we have a podcast called the Mineshaft Podcast. That's coming out next week. We're gonna film it in here by next week. He lives upstairs. We're gonna do it. Connor's beaming because he's about to make twenty five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna be out. We have ten episodes in the in the back burner, ready to go. But we're gonna we're gonna film the 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 unofficial first one the first one that's not actually the first one nice. to kick that off properly so hell yeah check that out we're gonna make an instagram and stuff so guys, uh, yeah go follow sean everywhere check out his podcast when it comes out uh, bing, and, uh, bing comedy bing at bing.comedy bing. comedy. that's my show it's a little backyard show check that out i didn't mean to interrupt you i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> so check that that's out it. if you're in new york city uh also guys this once again this show this has been filmed and recorded at my friend's basement studio hit up my friend's basement studio on instagram and uh if you want to record here if you're in new york city we got great rates. We want to help support the community. You can watch the episode with Connor Kafia Chain for us to mull about philosophy and details. But come through, book a session with us, and uh, subscribe to the Don't Quit Your Day Job YouTube channel. Uh, it would mean a lot to me if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, like, comment, subscribe, all the usual bullshit. You know. <coughs> anyway. Sorry, I did the gun thing while you That's said okay. it would mean a lot to me. Yeah. I was in the background. <laughs> that's what it's about all right guys that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening and i'll see you all next week bye, bye.